Hey, did you know this podcast has a Patreon? At patreon.com slash scarysundayscaries, you can support the podcast for as little as a dollar and get early access to episodes and join in on community posts with all the other hosts and me. Uh, patreon.com slash scarysundayscaries. Get out there and do it. Thanks. Sunday Scaries. Hey, uh, it's uh, Sunday Scaries. It's a podcast about horror movies where each week we take the edge off by doing a deep dive into a particular movie and try to make connections between that movie and other movies within the genre. These are our dead air sessions where we discuss news and other topics related to the industry. I'm Travis. We've got Daniel out there on the West Coast. Howdy, y'all. And this week we are lucky enough to have a guest who is here to discuss his directorial feature film debut. We welcome writer, director, actor, and star of the new film, Wolf Garden, Wayne David. Hello, thank you very much. <laughs> thank you so much for joining us, Wayne. This is awesome. I'm really glad we got to do this because this movie just got released um, on demand for streaming. Um, I watched our screener and then I also saw that it is up on Amazon right now for people to go and rent or buy if they would like. Um, it is, yeah. Yeah, super fun, and I'm super excited to talk to you about this. Um, so Wolf Garden is kind of a, uh, I would call this, a, we just got done with a whole run of episodes on psychological thrillers uh, within the horror genre, and sort of the sometimes tenuous relationship between psychological horror and true sort of classic campy genre movies. And I feel like this movie kind of walks that line in a really great way, where it has this very... Um, sort of ominous psychological thriller tone to it throughout, but there's just a good enough dash of sort of true genre stuff for horror fans to really make it pop and uh, kind of provide a little bit of candy for those that are seeking it out. Um, Daniel, did you watch this? Uh, I guess, did you see it whenever that first screener got sent to us? I did, yes. I caught it um, over the weekend. So I had like a lazy Sunday afternoon to sit and just Mm -hmm. like, watch which i felt like is the best way to watch this film is it really demands sitting and appreciating like every nuance every little detail yeah this was there was a dreary afternoon here in texas too where i was sitting with a sort of like a cloudy day and it, i feel like it did set the tone perfectly uh for this movie as well um wayne can you tell us a little bit about like the uh, where the concept for this movie originally came from well to be honest i mean um it's actually funnily enough three years ago to the day um, it is actually, funnily enough, it's the anniversary of uh, when we shut down production on what was going to be my original first feature film. So it's kind of like when everything was starting to go a bit crazy with lockdown as it was about, you know, the COVID stuff was starting to kick in. So people started going nuts with toilet rolls and all this kind of stuff was going on. It was just going a bit mental. And I was two weeks away from production on my first, uh, you know, my first feature film, which was a different horror. It was a horror film, but it was a different okay. movie to this one. It was It was very, very ambitious. And um, yeah, we, we just had to make the decision to to not go ahead with that one. And uh, obviously, we were kind of vindicated within a couple of weeks when everything did shut down. And, you know, and and slowly it kind of dawned on me um, as I sort of did more work over over the period of being in lockdown of, of you know, how much that film would have been sort of beyond our reach. I think I mean, I think it was a little bit too ambitious. I think we had a lot of things and I was trying to juggle too many different things with that and I think for the budget we had it just wouldn't have glued together so it would have proved a problem and you know I, I even said it at the time I think it would have taken the collapse of civilization <laughs> to stop me from making that movie and uh, luckily I think you know it kind of happened so fate kind of played a part to stop me from doing that film and I'm, I'm actually I was thinking about it today I'm just very very glad we didn't try and make that movie because I think it would have been 
a disaster. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, so so that all happened, and obviously, just with all that time in lockdown, there was a lot of reflection time, a lot of time to work through things. I had a bunch of different ideas, and obviously, I, I still had this budget for a movie, and I really wanted to make something. Um, so I started rattling around ideas, and it was just working on something that I could do with the budget we had. Um, you know, sort of a more of a one location. I think that was a big thing with the other one. We were looking at multiple locations, multi a, a, a lot of cost. And I wanted to do something, just keep it a bit more, you know, sort of keep it more simple, more focused. And I started playing around, with, you know, different ideas. I had a short film that I could have potentially developed into a feature. But I really, you know, I had this idea in my head about, you know, sort of the isolation thing, but just something within the genre. And, I, and um, I've always loved werewolves. I've always really wanted to do sort of a tragic romance werewolf uh kind of film and and i think you know as a debut filmmaker you want to try and do something that's gonna just be different you know just something a little bit unique something uh, you know trying to trying to mesh things together more of an elevated genre and that you take that you know romantic tragedy and the suspense psychological style of stuff yeah because at its core this movie it really is it's it's a it's a love story at the core of it uh even you know with the genre elements of it and with the sort of ice like you said the um the desperate isolation of the of the main character um there's something so poignant about the the relationship that is sort of played out over the course of this movie in a very sort of you know non-linear structure as we get flashbacks to the interactions between the main character and uh and his partner um and then the tragedy that sort of befalls them without spoiling anything um it is yeah. it it's a very sweet horror movie for being a psychological, you know, thriller that has, like I said, some of those little genre elements added to it. Uh, Jess, I like what you yeah. said about uh, COVID because watching at least more than, you know, half of this film, I started to wonder like how much of this is like, what part of the script were you just like observing your daily life deep in deep <laughs> lockdown and being like, ah, yes, this is exactly what this feels like. <laughs> yeah I, I think it was not trying to go too much down that route because i think sort of people have lived through that so you don't want to tell that story too much but it's kind of like you know sort of taking those elements and what you can do with it and you've kind of got this this groundhog day effect of this guy who's going through the motions and this non-linear time frame of you know fragments of what is real and what's you know what's past and present and you know the idea of as well having that tragic romance is very much the the idea i guess that when you have these flashbacks and these memories, when you're grieving, when you you've lost someone, or that you know you you obviously you don't know exactly what's going on throughout the film with this thing because it's kind of hinted at, but it's you know you have this idealized version of the person you love, and you remember the small little details of the day to day stuff, and that's where the flashbacks come in, and then the nightmare elements that creep in, and it's really just trying to keep the audience on their toes. Of, of sort of you know not giving away too much but having the details there and you can sort of piece it together i you know i i wouldn't go so far as to say there's massive twists in it because i think so a lot of it kind of explain you know it, it's kind of explained but we we go through the journey with the character of william in that you know we might kind of have a good idea what's going on but he has to accept himself and um you know figure out what he has to do about that yeah, and I think we've talked before about other films that the the, the strength of, of this movie and the, the storytelling device of really building an investment in not only the characters, but the relationships they show on screen, that is really like what, when you're so invested in those characters, that that's what drives home, you know, the, the pain and the, the striking, you know, sort of the loss that you feel betrayed as well whenever, you know, um, tragedy befalls these characters uh, because you become so invested in them through the, you know, the storytelling device of, of demonstrating 
demonstrating their relationship when it's at its best or it's at its most sweet. So this is your first feature film, uh, but you've directed um, some short films and some commercials before, and you've you've been acting in, in TV and stuff for a while too, right? Yeah, I've done. I mean, acting wise, I sort of uh, I've been active for quite quite a few years now, and it's kind of just been a gradual progression with it. So I, you know, I started off as just an actor, and I always sort of I've been you know writing. I've always always kind of had the idea to write, and it's just been a gradual progression in that I started writing scripts, and then I had an idea for a sort of TV pilot that I sort of produced, and then you know it's it's just these I've just kept writing as I go, and it just got to the point where it was maybe four or five years ago. Um, I just thought I was going to make a short film and uh, I was working with a, a director friend of mine. They sort of just said, well, why don't you, why don't you direct it? You know, is, you've got the ideas. And I, I sort of had a go at it. And, then I, you know, I just got bitten by the bug, really. It was, uh, <laughs> it's, it's a very, you know, because it's kind of a very different thing. You sort of, uh, as an actor, you're very much focused on the one character and sort of it's, it's a very sort of internal thing. Whereas as the director, you're shaping the whole, the whole world. Uh, that you see so it's kind of I mean you know it's a bit of a it's a bit of a balancing act and I've you know I'll, I'll admit with this film it, it was it did get tricky at points with, <laughs> there was there was a lot of th- I mean you, as you, you wear many hats in this film yeah and it, it was a needs must thing I mean it's it's not necessarily <laughs> it's the one thing I was very aware of at the start it's kind of like you get that sort of Tommy Wiseau thing you know produced direct <laughs> you know it's like the not hopefully not going down the room route too much but it's just you know it was kind of like it was never my intention to necessarily necessarily do all those roles but because as things went on is you know you're very low budget you're having to fill a lot of the gaps and essentially by the time we got round to the release of the film last week it really was a case of I've given you know two two and a half years of my life to this mm-hmm. and I have had to fulfill the roles and I think you know having to get a film a very you know a micro budget film to a certain level of um, production value it just takes it you know it takes everything you've got it really does you know calling in favors and, and negotiating and just doing so many of these roles and you you, you know you work it out man hours and stuff you it's, it's kind of like it's, it's pretty insane with not and not without a little bit of luck too from what i understand i want to talk about that in a second uh, about some of the uh the the scouting for this movie too particularly um but i also want to know more about uh so were, was horror always something that you were attracted to have you kind of been uh planning on making horror movies for a while or um what were some other horror movies that inspired you uh, i guess early you know growing up or early on in your career well i think really probably you know as a as an actor and a director i mean i, I sort of think maybe i've got sort of a, a slightly broader range than just horror i think i've mm-hmm. got i mean i have got other scripts that i've written i do always like kind of delving into the darker side of the human psyche though so i i i've always been interested in that so whatever i do there's always something in there it's not you know i mean i've written a few comedy scripts as well but i i, I do have a certain interest i think in horror probably is 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 a good place to start especially you know for a first time filmmaker making a you know low budget film and also just having that built in audience there that you know that market for it it makes things slightly easier when you're pitching it to people and stuff that you're you're doing something that has got that solid foundation with the audience um yeah none of my inspirations i mean funnily enough i was just watching it earlier as a dawn of the dead george a romero is you know that's probably my the, the pinnacle for me of uh, horror films. I mean, I'm just obsessed with that movie. I watch it far, far too much. Um, but yeah, that's that would be sort of obviously not not so much an influence on this particular one, but it was an influence on my first short film I did, which was actually uh-huh. a zombie 
like a zombie short. It's funny you should say that. We're, we are in our season of zombies right now, actually. The uh, the subsequent episodes that this will be accompanying are our, uh, our discussions and investigation into the subgenre of zombies itself. Um, which is a yeah, that's a, that is a funny coincidence. Uh, but I'm sorry I interrupted you. Other than George A. Romero, um, some other what are some other horror movies that uh, that kind of inspired you? I guess or other movies in just in general. I, yeah, I, I think with this one, I mean, the obvious one would be American Werewolf in London because right. I mean, for me, that is that is the sort of uh, you know the number one for the for the werewolf genre. So that's it, and and obviously the film does follow the the kind of folklore. Of that film, the the kind of rules that are established in that film are the ones we we play to in this movie without the comedy element so much. But right. you know, the, the the dead in limbo and stuff like that is is uh, you know we riff on that in this film. So that was uh, you know that's the big influence on this film. Also the you know I'd, I'd credit the Shining, uh, Stanley Kubrick. Oh, yeah. Huge fan of that, you know. It's more of a, again, it's more of a slow burn horror, and it's a, you know psychological elements, and it's it's very very inspired by that, and I think even when we were working sort of through the sound and the music and stuff, it was sort of like, you know, that, that sort of vibe we were, we were going for to create the atmosphere. And I think there's, you know, um, people like John Carpenter as well would be another one. I mean, you know, like the greatest of Halloween all time. Thing. Yeah. And yeah, just, just these, these, these great films. And, you know, I, I grew up with these films, so I'm very much a, you know, a kid of the eighties. I, I love, you know, the sort of late seventies, early eighties horror films. They were kind of the, that was really the peak time. For, uh, for horror movies, I think. Yeah, you uh, mentioned, uh, obviously, American Werewolf in London being a big inspiration. Me and Daniel were just talking about this, how I think it's fascinating how, basically, it, the way I would describe, uh, I guess, if we want to start talking about some of the, the details of this movie and the plot, uh, for those who haven't seen it, go watch it on Amazon, but we're going to kind of maybe spoil some things here for you. Um, the uh, the idea of having this sort of, the, the reoccurring specters of the victims of, of the werewolf attacks kind of... Um, from American Werewolf in London, it was it's played almost as a comedy beat, but it's the uh, yeah the idea that he's slowly losing his mind as he transforms into a werewolf. But in this one, it's treated as a it's it's almost a ghost movie. I mean, it is a ghost movie essentially that is uh, that has been married with a werewolf movie in that way, where it basically ruminates on that sort of one storytelling beat from that classic John Landis movie and expands it out into a much more complex sort of you know investigation into to what that can really do to a to a mind that's troubled by you know by it's it's almost like a trauma response you know essentially um we have characters such yeah. as the visitor in this movie um who i actually i want to ask you about this like what the character of the visitor appears to clearly be um a victim of the werewolf attacks that happen in the movie but he's he's also kind of something more he's almost sort of like this philosophical sort of like deity figure that comes and and has intense conversations with the main character will yeah i mean I, funnily enough, one of the other references I've, I've actually I, I used earlier on, I haven't haven't actually brought it up in quite a while, actually, certainly not in any interviews. But it was, um, you know, I, I also think of the film. It's almost like this sort of a, a Christmas carol in that you've got like the ghosts of past, present, and future. Um, you know, you've got the past, the, the flashbacks of the past. You've got the present, which is very much William in the moment with the visitor, sort of you know, sort of kind of egging him on to, to what he needs to do and what he needs to accept. And then you've got the the sort of fantasies element of it, which is kind of the future and how, you know, what he eventually has to, has to do. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was having that character in there is kind of having, you know, having someone there who sort of, you know, pushes, pushes William forward. He, he knows what's going on. He's obviously someone who's familiar to William from, from his past. Um, and, um, it, you know, I, I thought that was such an important element in there as well i mean having a, a we had grant masters really really good actor 
for that role and he really did you know he, he stole stole the show he's just so you know just gave such gravitas to those to those scenes and um and it, it was just you know you know so there were fun scenes to write as well and there were you know fun scenes to act in because they just um you know it, it's just it's that thing isn't it that sort of that dialogue and there's some it's just some nice energy going on there and he comes along and you know whether you sort of refer it to a christmas carol or like the shining type of vibe but it's just having that character who comes in who's just mysterious you don't quite know exactly who he is you know he's kind of the antagonist in, in a lot of ways he's, he's a creepy you know creepy character right and I, I just think he added such a lot to the to the film he's just giving it that extra dynamic to it as well yeah, yeah he's a great get how did you um how did you get bring, bring him on board for that prop for this project um yeah with him i mean it was it was kind of like always with that role you know, you sort of, I, I think with any sort of low budget film, you always want to try and get a sort of a, a name actor attached or get someone who's, uh, you know, established. I mean, our actress, uh, Sean, who plays Chantel, she's she's done a few sort of, uh, done. she's starting to get quite well known in sort of the low budget horror um, circles. She's done a few things before. But with the role of the visitor, I always kind of felt with that. I mean, is it even as, you know, sort of working out before we even made the film, that would be the character where you could try and get a more sort of seasoned veteran actor to come in and just, you know, come in and shoot their scenes in a couple of days. You get someone who can bring that extra energy, you know, an actor of a certain age who brings that kind of really, uh, as I say, the gravitas from, from that, you know, that sort of those nice monologues and stuff that he does. So it was a case of, you know, we, we contacted people and we spoke to some agents and got some recommendations through and as soon as I saw Grant's um that they sent you know Grant's show real through I was like you know that's that's the guy and he was happy to sort of do a, a read for us um sending a self-tape and I just watched it and it's just like yeah that's that's 100% what we want from this guy because it, it's not only that thing about they bring the the text to life but they bring something extra to it so there's these little nuances and subtleties that he brings to it and you just sort of and it's one of the great things when you write a script as well is if you 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 know you write it and you see the language and you can you sort of imagine how the acts will play it, but then you get someone who's really good come in and they give it something extra and you're like, wow, that that not only is that great, but it makes me look a bit better as well because he's given <laughs> it something extra, you know. It's like when you could say like, oh yes, I am a genius. <laughs> oh well, yeah, well I'll give the credit to him on that one. Hey, it's Travis. Uh, just jumping in here in the middle of the episode to say thank you for listening. And if you guys like what you hear, please feel free to tag us on social media at Scary Sunday Scaries. Uh, it's one of the best things you can do for the podcast. It really helps us get more followers uh, and interact with you guys. So we hope we hear from you guys soon. Thanks. You carry so much of this movie, obviously, as you know, this becomes kind of a one man show for so much of the movie. Um, you know, when you have the opportunity in those, you know, a couple of isolated scenes where you get to play off, you know, an another actor's performance, I'm sure that that provides a lot of um, uh, a lot of fodder for you to be able to chew up as as an actor. And I, I, I expect that it's very difficult to, to have so many scenes where you're the only person on screen, uh, especially as you're directing. Yeah, I, I think the the funny thing with the film was it was kind of the way we structured it. I mean, the first we shot it in like three weeks, essentially. So the first week was just kind of me on my own doing a lot of the, you know, the sort of, uh, you know, the walking around, the emoting, all that kind of stuff that was going on. <laughs> and um, yeah, it, it was it, we got Sean in for the for the second week. So that was all the stuff we actually had. We did actually have COVID issues on set. So, yeah, we, you know, this is a story in itself, the amount of issues and problems and stuff. And it, it, the actual miracle that took place that the film is is finished. 
So, um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it kind of it was a gradual build up. So you know, I did the scenes with with Sean in the second week, and then we had the sort of the visitor, and then obviously uh, the creature yeah. appearing um, <laughs> more towards the end. So it was all sort of structured, but it was. Um, yeah, no, it was. It's obviously always nice when you've got. It's just having great actors and having that natural thing. And I think, you know, it can be quite a tricky thing to be the director and the actor. But if you've got, if you've done the rehearsals and you've got that nice chemistry with people and you can sort of just go moment to moment with it, then um, yeah, you, you've got the right actors in there. And you know, they were they were both really really good. And I think it all felt very natural. So it made my life a lot easier. And yeah, the big thing I always say with this film, it, it was kind of helpful that the character was losing his mind because I wasn't too <laughs> far off that myself. It was a very, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a, you know absolute nightmare experience in many ways, but, you know, you get through it and you've got a finished film and you can be, eventually you can feel proud and happy with what you've, uh, with what you've done kind of thing. It's, it's, it's very, very, been a very, very strange few years to get it to where it is now. <laughs> I love that you brought up uh, production, just snafus. I always want to know, especially on shoots like these, like what was the hardest thing that you think will be the least, like no one will know this was the hardest scene to shoot or something. Um, to be honest, I mean, we got, we had a lot of issues. I mean, there was all sorts of things happening, like losing locations. And I know this is probably the standard thing that, that most productions go through. You, you know, I mean, I think any sort of indie film, first time director, you're going to have a lot of problems, a lot of issues. And, I, you know, I think I probably had a few more because I was trying to juggle sort of the extra parts of, of, you know, the extra roles and stuff. So there was that. But then there was, you know, locate, locations drops out, replacing people with the COVID. You know, COVID kind of hit before we even started shooting. We had to replace people before they turned up because they'd, they'd caught it. <laughs> and then... Um, yeah, from what yeah, I understand, it, you're the co- like the cottage, for instance, and the shed, like those, those locations, from what I understand, you found those just days before you even started shooting. Yeah, well, no, the cottage, the cottage we had for quite a while. I mean, I, I had that in place for quite a long time, and that was our sort of, uh, you know, our, our central sort of focal point. And I was very happy with that because it has got a really, it's got that really sort of beautiful, uh, you know, grandma's cottage, yeah, Red Riding type vibe. And it is very creepy at night time. It, you know, it ticks <laughs> all the boxes. And, you know, pretty in the daytime, creepy in the nighttime. Um, but the, yeah, the shed, the shed was, I mean, this was five days, five or six days before filming. It was, it was insane. We lost the other location, which actually uh-huh. would have, again, you know, in a weird sort of way, fate played its hand in that, you know, this other location that wasn't ideal. It was like a big barn. It wouldn't have been, it just wouldn't have, you know, it wouldn't have filmed as, it wouldn't have looked as good on film at all. But we had that all fall through. And I remember the Saturday before we were filming, we were starting on the Wednesday. So it was the Saturday before location falls through and i'm like literally it's raining it's muddy everywhere i'm splashing through the mud i'm going from stable to barn to shed all these different places just <laughs> around the countryside just try and you know like please god find me somewhere um that i can shoot this and and i literally stumbled across this place i found this uh stable and i just sort of went and found a woman who's looking after her horses and i just said do you you know is there any way we could maybe shoot your stable you know it wouldn't have worked it's just it was anywhere we could put this bloody werewolf (laughs) and um she sort of said to me well my my uh, my neighbor's got a a really cool looking shed just over there so i went for a little walk and and the shed was there and i was just like oh my god i was just like wow that's that's incredible that's everything everything we could possibly look for i mean you know you start thinking we're going to build a shed and then we just find this place it's old it's dilapidated and it's so 
perfect for what we needed. And um, but of course, the next pressure was with the guy, let us do it. And luckily, he knew someone else was getting his film on their property. So it was kind of word of mouth got round because I was doing a lot of shooting in the area. And luckily, he knew people that I knew. And it was kind of he was happy to let us do it. But he was a absolute lifesaver because we were really, you know, in a bad way. But it, it's, you know, and the shed and the cottage, both very, very important locations. So it was um, sometimes a little luck just pays off there. And uh, like you said, it did. <laughs> Absolutely. And um, yeah, sorry, I was going back back to the point of, uh, yeah, the, the most difficult bit to shoot. I think it was kind of, I think we were day seven or eight when we lost our, our director of photography. Um, so, you know, <laughs> kind of like the, the, you know, the second worst person for us to lose really after me. Kind of like, you know, it, game, it, it would have been game over if I'd have got COVID, but then, um, you know, and, and then obviously our cinematographer gets COVID and so, but you know, we luckily we had someone as our one of our, our actually our standing first assistant camera was also a cinematographer. So he was able to step up and we used his camera for a day and then we were able to rent another camera and it was just well, we had to make the decision to shut down for, for a few days as well. So it's, it's just because it was an outbreak and stuff. And that was probably the worst day, I think, just before we were about to shut down. It was um and I remember I think we shot we I actually reshot those scenes because it was just like I was um my brain was somewhere else that day. I had to do, <laughs> I had to do some of the, the, the phone conversations, the, 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 the phone calls. And yeah, I just, I just wasn't there. You know, I don't even know what, you know, you just, I was almost blacked out that day. I think it was just too much stress <laughs> and pressure. And um, it, it was, it was a horrible. Yeah. So, and um, you know, and I, I think a lot of it, we, we kind of rode our luck with a lot of it with how we got it finished. And even down to the edit, there's some scenes where we just, nailed that scene the one time we didn't have a choice between the takes and you know it's obviously the more money and the more time you have the more takes you can do the more you can set up everything exactly how you want it and you know we didn't have that luxury but i i would say i wouldn't i wouldn't change things i i'm, I'm quite happy with how it turned out i think you always sort of think could we have done some more pickup shots could we have done there was always you know in the script there was always um you know the reference to what's gone on before right in the in the original script there was footage of stuff happening in london like the attacks the wet like werewolf attack in london and um but you know and it, it almost became a judgment call as well in that i think if we showed that it takes you away from the cottage i like keeping everything very contained in that sort of you know time zone the only real sort of flashbacks away from the cottage are, uh when they're you know when they're on their their trip Right, so, yeah, um, there's brief cutaways, but also, and the choice, like, you know, with the creature design, too, uh, the one scene I want to talk about in particular that I thought was fantastic was the, uh, the I guess, the the werewolf home invasion, the the, the brief burglary, where something new, a, a new twist on this, you know, the classic trope of this uh, this monster is the idea that uh, this is kind of like, it, it almost seemed like kind of like an intelligent werewolf. Uh, man, I was super creeped out at the scene whenever... Will is in the house, and we can see the you know the shadow, the specter of the of the monster outside, and the image of it slowly opening the back door and him going running upstairs to go hide from it. Um, I was on the edge of my seat, but I thought that was a fantastic scene the way it played out. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about the uh, the design of this creature, and, and I guess you know obviously the choices to kind of keep it uh, obfuscated too, and to kind of you know maintain a level of mystery there, which I guess you know there, there's some obviously budget elements that contribute to it, but I think like the the genres allows for it as well um because it makes it scary yeah yeah no i i think um it was always going to be a sort of an exercise in in how much can we not show 
kind of thing. Because I, I, I'm a great believer in you know the the mind. The mind plays a bigger part than anything else. I think you show too much, and I think it's always the case with with the sort of creature, you know, creature features, monster movies, is that you you know you do end up seeing a lot of the the creature and the werewolf and stuff. I mean, and I just think it's kind of like like with alien is a perfect example of that you don't see a lot of the alien in that and i think that you know having the flashes of it um because as soon as you've as soon as you drop that in there and you've seen it it's kind of that that element of surprise and mystery is is lost a little bit so you know showing flashes of it and as you say like from a budget point of view as well you, we only had so much we could do with 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 what we had and I, i'm 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 quite proud with how it turned out, really, and that we've sort of limited it to sort of shadows and figures, and you know the the flashes at different times throughout. Um, and that, and and I think to be honest, even if we had a huge budget, and I I think when I was in the editing process and I look back at it all, I wouldn't I wouldn't have wanted to go back and say we need more of this, we need more blood and guts here and there, because it just wasn't it was never intended to be that sort of a movie. It was always supposed to be that sort of psychological edge. And I think that's what makes it a little bit different from having, you know, just having the obvious thing of a guy running around in a big rubber werewolf suit and that you see too much of it, that it's just mm-hmm. hinted at. And um, as I said, I'm, I'm quite, I'm quite happy with how things have sort of turned out. And I, you know, I, I, I could understand that, you know, it could be a sort of more of a divisive film that maybe, <laughs> maybe some people want things a bit you know done a bit differently a bit more conventionally but i i just think as i said as a first time director trying to do something a little bit different i was quite happy just you know trying to push the boundaries of what you can can do or or should i say restrict the boundaries of, of what you can do <laughs> yeah it seems almost as if the you know the constraints really do contribute to actually making it you know a a, a more interesting film in that way um and for all the the budgetary you know limitations that you're you're discussing i it doesn't come across in the movie i mean it's a, it's a it's a beautiful movie uh and it's it's surprising to me that you know you say you mentioned the issues that uh, that arose with the director of photography um because that was one thing about this movie that you know i we we watch a lot of low budget horror movies and you know for some of them and they run the gamut you know the spectrum but um i will say yeah the the shots in this movie are are incredibly well you know crafted and blocked um particularly the ones you know involving the the visitor you know i I was constantly making notes about, you know, the, the lighting and the, the choices, you know, also temporally whenever we're going back and forth uh, in moments in time to sort of use the visual aesthetic to communicate, you know, different moments, as you said, uh, as, as we're, you know, getting the different ghosts of Christmas past and future, um, those experiences, we can kind of see the temporal elements being played out using the visual cues of the color grading and the, and the lighting and everything. Yeah, I, I think. The, the, you know the look of the film sort of it was all about the production value i mean that was down to the sort of the obsession the obsession the attention to detail and right from the start myself and my cinematographer we we you know we sat down i mean i know everyone does obviously the storyboards and and uh, the shot lists and all this but we spent a lot of time working out what we could do and a lot of it was the preparation working out exactly how we wanted the shots using you know throwing in those references as well i mean we sort of you know, the storyboards had a lot of pictures from other films in it to sort of say, oh, you know, we want to go for this sort of look, this sort of vibe. And um, I think it, the visuals is, is such an important thing in a horror film to get that look right, to get the style, to get the tone. Um, because, you know, the moments that are in there, there's there's a, there's a lot of different things going on and we sort of flash around and it was important to get that sort of visual style between the and the present kind of thing. You've got that more rose-tinted, glowing vision of, 
of Chantelle in the past as opposed to that really sort of bleak present. And even when she comes back later is, is sort of slightly, slightly different. And it was very important for me to, to do that and obviously to have just to raise the production value to have, even, you know, when we're doing the color grade and even the sound, it was all, you know, I probably drove everybody mad with my endless notes. It was really <laughs> so much. And, and God bless them all. I mean, like, literally, I think people really did, but considering it was so low budget, it, it's just, we, people were, people were really working extra, you know, giving, giving so much extra. And there was a lot of, a lot of work with that on the post-production, just getting that, that color grade and the sound and the music just right for everything because i think that's so important i think again it's that thing when you look at really low budget films is there's you know something you, you sort of you sort of question it. it's like why is the camera there why haven't we got more of this and that and i know a lot of it's budget restraints but you just it's just trying to tell the story in every way you can so whether you know where you're placing the camera and and the sort of shot the lighting and obviously the sound and the music it's it's all just adds so much to what you're trying to say and and every, and everything for me has to be thought out. It's like, why are we doing this shot at this point? What is this saying about the character? And I think on the whole, we we did get most of it. I mean, as I say, it did get to a point with the film where we just had to get it finished. So it was, you know, we were up against it, but we still managed to keep that standard there. And I, you know, I, I really give credit to my camera team for that because they really did work so hard. And we, as, as I say, we had sort of people coming back and forth, replacing people and coming back in after they recovered and stuff. So, you know, it was a, it was such a big effort, but you know, I'm, I'm probably most pleased with how the film looks because I think I can, you can look at that and um, you know, I think it, I think it does stand up. Yeah, I, I think it's fantastic. Um, well, I don't want to take up too much more of your time, but uh, we do like to ask: um, Are there any movies coming out or movies coming out soon this year that you're excited to see? And do you have any other projects on the horizon? Maybe more horror or comedies or uh, anything coming up? Looking forward to movies. I mean, to be honest, I've, I've kind of I need to get back into the cinema game. To be perfectly <laughs> honest, I've, I've just dis- I've really just sort of disappeared off the face of the planet with this film. It's kind of just been so all-consuming. It's it's like really I need to sort of catch up again because I used to be you know watching a movie every day virtually, whereas now it's just kind of like everything's been all-consuming with this. So I'm I'm very much I think I'm just rather than saying any specific movie, I think I'm just looking forward to getting back into the game of of going to the cinema again and actually watching new films because it's been a bit sort of uh, grabbing grabbing moments wherever I can to watch uh, whatever is new or what's on uh, what's on Netflix or whatever. So, well, I hear you. Um, well, as far as your own projects, uh, are you are you planning on trying to make any more horror movies or are you going to try to drift out into other genres or uh... Yeah, I mean, I've got I've got the the uh, script that I was going to make before. I still, that's kind of still there. So I'm hoping to try and do something with that. And there's another script, which is more of a drama comedy piece. Um, but uh, again, with all of it, it's having that sort of a, a, a slate of projects. So I've got quite a few different scripts and it's just kind of having meetings and working through that. And it's kind of whatever fits with the right person. I mean, I'd, I'd be good to go tomorrow uh, on any of them. It's just, it's just getting those things in place. So um, yeah, it could be horror, it could be drama. I wouldn't necessarily want to just do horror or get pigeonholed just doing horror, but you know, I'm I'm still very passionate about it, and you know, I'm I'm going to do more than more than one more horror film, I'm sure. So uh, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll do whatever whatever seems like the right fit at the right time. I think. 
Awesome. Well, we're, we'll certainly be looking forward to seeing more from you here soon. Uh, thank you again, Wayne, for uh, taking time out of your day to sit down with us and talk about this movie. Um, if you guys want to go watch it, like I said, it's uh, you can go watch Wolf Garden on Amazon Prime right now. You can go rent it. Um, it's a fantastic movie, and I, I would recommend it uh, for all of our people to listen to. Um, thank you again, Wayne. This is fantastic, and we're very, very lucky to have had you uh, join us today. No, thank you so much. It's, uh, I'm glad you enjoyed it, and uh, you know, thanks, thanks for your time as well. Sunday Scaries.